Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hello, Change Nation. Welcome back to Make Money Behave. How are all my change agents doing out there? This is Maria Casillas, your host, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in for part B of Kicking Debt to the Curb. When I did the last episode, I had high hopes of getting in a whole bunch of content and then I rambled a little bit. (laughs) I told you a little bit about my story and realized, you know what? There's no time for all of this extra content. I'm just going to do a part B. So welcome back to part B. Today we're going to talk about just the different ways. In, In our last episode, we talked about how to determine whether or not you wanted to pay off some debt. And you might notice if you had listened to that, if you haven't, go ahead and go back. It's it, yes, it's a little bit off the reservation, but it's it's still legit stuff. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, do that. But if you did, you know that what you heard was not any real numbers, right? I'm going to give you a few examples of my own life, but really, what I was trying to get at is. If something is causing you extra stress or it's it's really kind of messing with your peace of mind, it's time to get rid of it. It's time to kick that to the curb. And I know sometimes we talk about how all debt needs to go away, and that's not always the case. We, that's what we mentioned before. Let's really pick and choose the debts that we want to get rid of and why we want to get rid of them. Maybe it has something to do with the process or has something to do with how we feel about that, whatever, Okay. Once you've decided that though, now we're into part B. How in the world do we go about doing that? Well, I kind of mentioned a bit of automation at the end of that last episode. And I wanna I wanna just kind of hone in on that for a minute. There are gonna be some things that I'm gonna ask you to do, and these are habits. And you know that I oftentimes talk about what habits to do. We talk about habit stacking, and I talk a lot about automation. And that's because we are pretty much autopilot society at this point. I know that when I drive my kids to school, there are times when I'm supposed to go a different direction. And my daughter's like, mom, why are you turning here? And (laughs) because we're not going that way. And my, my auto response is I'm on autopilot. I've gone this particular direction for so many times every morning for a number of years that when something switches, I forget and I start going on autopilot. And I think that I'm not the only one in society who does that. So I want to just, the more that I can put things on autopilot, the better so that I don't have to question that anymore. And then of course, when something switches, you know, then it, then it can be a little tough. But let's, let's take the guesswork out of a lot of this. Now, today I'm going to talk about three different approaches to paying off debt. I have done an episode in the past where we talk about the difference between the debt snowball and the debt avalanche. I will review those. But I have also alluded in the last episode to something that has more to do with how it frees up cash flow. And that is a trick that I've been working on with some of my clients because of their particular circumstances. And it has really, really worked for them because... The debt snowball and the debt avalanche both are based on a specific number, and this this has a formula too. I actually learned about the formula after I had been working on this with clients. For me, it was kind of like I'm going with my gut and I'm seeing what works well with the client, and I kind of came up with this idea, but then as I was listening to other podcasts out there, because I am a consistent learner as well, I'm always learning so that I can bring that knowledge to you, I heard somebody who had this idea as well 
But they had taken it a step further and they actually formulated it. Like they created it, they quantified it by creating a formula. And so that is something else that I can talk about. But I'm going to talk about it on the surface today because I don't have all of that information in front of me and I don't know it memorized enough to actually regurgitate that to you. So I'm going to just kind of real quick go with these three different methods and kind of tell you briefly what they are and then you can decide which op- which option is best for you. Now, the the debt snowball is the one that we used when we were getting out of debt ourselves. It made the most sense for us because it gave us that behavioral attaboy, girl, and we just needed to have that to keep us going and have that momentum going. The debt snowball basically says, identify every single one of your debts and list them in order from smallest to largest with regard to the actual balance. Pay no mind to the interest rate. It doesn't matter in this case. It's just the minimum, I'm sorry, the actual balance. So if you've got five different debts and the smallest one is $1,000 and the biggest one is $100,000, you will list them in order. Number one would be the $1,000. Number five would be the $100,000. And then you would obviously rank the other ones in between accordingly. So that's the debt snowball, the way you set it up. When you pay with the debt snowball, what you're doing essentially is you're making minimum payments on every single one of the debts two, three, four, and five in this example. Number one, you're not just making a minimum payment, you're actually going to pay the entire, um, I'm sorry, not the entire, you're going to pay as much as you can during any given month. You're going to pay that as often as you can until that balance goes down to zero. Once you've gotten that balance down to zero, you're going to take that amount, the the amount that you've been paying, and you're going to throw all of that onto the minimum payment for debt number two. Just to use a real quick number, let's say debt number two has a minimum payment of $50. You just got done paying a minimum of $25 on all of your other debts. You now will add that $25 minimum payment to your $50 minimum payment. You are now paying at least $75 every single month on debt number two, in addition to any of the extra monies that you've been throwing at your debt. Then when that one's done, you take that $75, you add it to the $100 minimum payment for debt number three. Now you are paying $175 minimum every single month on debt number three, plus all of the other money that you have. And then you keep throwing it, um, excuse me, you keep going that direction and you keep snowballing it. The reason it's called a snowball, you guys, is basically because as that as that snowball rolls, it picks up momentum, and it's gonna be what you're seeing is happening is the minimum payment is now picking up. So you're no longer making minimum payments on everything. It starts to build, 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 and by the time you get to your debt number five, which in this gross scenario <laughs> is a hundred thousand dollars, you might be paying more like five, six, seven hundred thousand. I mean, seven hundred dollars each month, maybe a thousand dollars each month. However, that goes, and you'll see that that starts to get paid off a little bit more quickly. Okay, so the reason behind that, the the reason you would choose that method, is if like us, you needed those little wins along the way. This is not a math problem in this scenario. You're not looking at how the math adds up because that $100,000 debt might have an interest rate of 14% and the smaller debts might have an interest rate of 10% or less. 
And even if that's the case, in the debt snowball, you list them from smallest to largest. Now, the debt avalanche works similarly, except instead of listing all of your debts according to their balance, you actually list them in order of their interest rate from highest to lowest. So for example, if you have a $20,000 credit card, excuse me, that is at 20% interest, and you have a $2,000 car loan that is at 4% interest, the $20,000 would come higher than the the $2,000. So it would be prioritized first in the avalanche method. Now, the reason that some people advocate that the snowball method is better than the avalanche method is because if you've got a large debt, for example, this $20,000 credit card, and you have not a huge shovel to actually pay off that debt, you don't have a huge income to be able to pay off that debt, then you might be sitting at all of your debts, sitting and looking at all of your debts for a longer period of time because it takes longer to pay off your 20000 Whereas if you did this debt snowball and you had that $2,000 one, that might get knocked out a lot more quickly and then you could you know, um, go to the next one. So you'll see that one of these is behavior-based and the other one is more numbers-based. The avalanche, you are going to pay likely less money in interest over the course of you know, the, your entire uh, debt-free journey if you use the avalanche method. But if that's not gonna keep you motivated, then it might be better to do the debt snowball method. Now here comes this other piece that I have really just kind of worked on and honed in on a little bit over the last several months. And I don't have a fancy name for it. I don't remember what the other guy calls it. Um, I think it might be something about cash flow quotient or something. I don't, I honestly don't know. But I know that the reason I thought about doing this with a client was because they want to be able to move. And instead of waiting until they're completely debt free to move, they want to be able to free up some cash flow so that they can move now or at least you know in the next year or so and then continue to tackle their debt but in order to do so they have to just free up some of that cash flow or they won't be able to actually make their move so that's where my mind went a little bit on the creative side and said how can we how can we have the best of both worlds in this particular scenario and that's where this came up okay what if we actually were able to free up five six seven hundred dollars worth of cash flow every month would that be able to, would that allow you to be able to get up and do the move that you want to, uh, and then you can continue to pay off your the rest of your debts later? And the answer was yes, absolutely, but how can I do that if I'm working these two different um, methods, the snowball or the avalanche, neither one of those frees up that cash flow anytime real soon. So what we did was we didn't pay attention to the actual amount that was due in principle. We really didn't pay much attention to the amount that was due in um, interest. What we did was just say, what is the monthly payment that you have for that? And what's the remaining balance on there? Can we free up the entire monthly payment by getting some of that remaining balance gone? And and that was kind of how that happened. So and this example, we had a, let's say you do have that $2,000 car loan and it probably didn't start off as a $2,000 car loan, right? Maybe it started off as a seventeen dollars or $18,000 car loan, but you've been paying on it diligently and going and going and going, and now you're down to $2,000 and you still have, you know, I don't know, five, six months to pay that off. But if you pay the full $2,000 right now, it's going to release $500 a month for you. 
Well, that's a really big chunk of money. That's a great return, if you will, on getting rid of $2,000 out of your bank to be able to free up $500 every single month. And so that's what we looked at. And in my past episode, Kicking Debt to the Curb Part A, if you will, I mentioned our medical bills. And right now they're at $6,000 and it's a $300 monthly payment. So for, for right now, it makes sense for me to just keep paying $300. But as I continue to pay that down and down and down, eventually it's going to get to the point where maybe it's only a $2,000 payment or excuse me, $2,000 balance. And I will be to the point where it's worth it for me to let go of $2,000 to free up $300. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, there is somebody, another financial person that I have um, started listening to, and he has developed some sort of uh, formula to make this happen. I will share that with you. At some point, I'm not trying to hold out on you. I just don't have it memorized. And again, we're 12 minutes into this, so I'm going to wrap this up. But um, right now, I can just look at the stuff and say, what is my gut telling me? What, how, how will this free up that, that cash flow for this individual? So if you need help with that, go to chatwithmc.com and just click on one of the free icebreaker sessions because I can help you determine which of these three methods would actually be in your best interest. And then we can set up a plan on how to get that going. Again, that website is chatwithmc.com chat with mc as in mariacasillas.com. Just pick a time that works for you and I will give you a personal call. And don't forget to tune back in for our February Ask the Coaches session. That will be a really great one, I'm sure of it, because the question that we have decided to answer has to do with this whole kicking debt to the curb, but not falling into the all or nothing thinking. So I can't wait to find out what Coach Nino and Coach Mike say about that and uh, just to kind of see what kind of discussion that we have from there. So as always, you guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.